Uh, any any movie that's uh, made based off a book, you always hear people say, well, the book had a lot more details. So currently our history is the movie version of it. We need to get the book version of it where it has all the details. And 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 the reason why I say I don't care about the hurt feelings is because things don't change until white people feel uncomfortable or feel guilty about something. So like when those girls were blown up in that Birmingham church or when they saw the dogs being sicked on us in, in Birmingham, a lot of white people say, okay, all right, that's too far. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Rozzy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Yo, a new Pokemon is coming out. For all the Pokemon lovers out there, uh, season nine. So we're on nine seasons or or different versions of Pokemon. So y'all know Oliver saw the trailer or whatever the announcement and he was lit. So uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is going to be the names coming out at at the end of this year. So any of the parents out there that have kids that love Pokemon, uh, get ready to drop some bread on that. Um, Other than that, man. I, I don't know if we're going to talk about Ukraine a little later in the show or whatever, but um, I just do want to put hearts, minds, prayers out to the people of Ukraine. Russia is letting their nuts hang really, really low on this one. Uh, and so just hopefully they'll be judged, but hopefully it can come to some type of resolution. Um, more than likely, it's going to come where Russia owns Ukraine. Uh, ultimately, I, I don't I don't see very much opportunity for ukraine to to get out of this one uh but we'll see we'll we'll see on that so ukraine is fighting man and you guys know i love boxing former heavyweight champion of the world uh the klitschko brothers have joined in the fight uh uh vitali klitschko is like the mayor i think of the capital city in ukraine and and he's fighting and also what's not being reported that much it's the current unified heavyweight champion Alexander Usyk, who beat Anthony Joshua several months ago, he was in another country, flew back home. He flew into danger to get some of that smoke. So, man, the Ukraines, yeah, they got the chicken told the soldiers, uh, take these sunflower seeds. Like, they bought it, bought it, man. So, they, yeah, they, are, yeah. they are fighting back, and much props to them, bro. Um, yeah. The Miss World or Miss Universe, like yeah. Ukraine's nominee for Miss Universe is out there with the AK. Like, yeah, yeah. she they are not playing. It's yeah, crazy. That's man. a whole nother mindset, bro. Like I can't even imagine being in that situation. So so speaking of Ukraine, we got the president who's dealing with that, um, as well as making history and choosing the first African American nominee for the Supreme Court, Katanji Brown Jackson. If nominated, she'll be the second youngest on the uh, Supreme Court behind Amy Coleman Barrett. She was a public defender. Uh, she actually has been on the Obama-Biden radar since Obama was first elected. Like they, uh, They've they been tapping her and moving her up the ranks since 2009. And she actually was considered uh, for Obama's nominee pick um, when the Republicans never even gave him a hearing. He wound up choosing Mary Garland, but she was also considered. So uh, when Biden first got in office, he moved her up to the, uh, I think it's the DC 
Circuit Cir- Court? Circuit Court, yeah. They, they, yep. Many refer to it as like one step under the Supreme Court. So she has definitely been on their radar for a long time. So I'm happy. This is what I wanted Obama to do. Uh, but it's, it's nice to know that he was instrumental in her progressing towards this point. And um, she has ruled for Trump and against Trump. So she has shown that she can be you know, a, a very, a very good judge that's that's independent thinking and, and applies the law. Four Republicans voted for her when she uh, got voted to the, the D.C. Circuit Court. So we'll see what reasons they try to find not to vote for her this time, because this was literally one year ago. They couldn't find anything controversial on her for real. So it's going to be interesting to see how they try and tear this woman down. Or if they say, because if I'm a Republican, it's not worth the fight. Like, she's not replacing a conservative on the court. She's only place, replacing another liberal. Save mm-hmm. that energy for another fight. But sometimes Republicans go Republican, so we'll see what they do. Congratulations, yeah, they, they, Ketanji they, Brown they, they, they like to fight. They, they want to yeah, fight no yeah. matter what, right? Yeah. They, they, it's like, oh, oh, Biden wants to do it. Got to fight. <laughs> well, no matter what. Well, according to them, she's a pawn of the radical left, though, right? Like, they're already coming for her. Yeah, that's that's their that's their normal talking point for anybody that they don't like. I mean, I, you can't even think about that because they they tried to build Joe Biden as as leftist, and he is so far from that exactly. that is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can't even you got to take that with a grain of salt. But what I will tell you, listeners out there, she's married to a white man. We'll get it out there now. So I don't want to hear y'all complaining about it later and saying that they shouldn't vote for her because she's not down or whatever and question her blackness yeah, like y'all like she to She absolutely do. is down. She is, uh, she was on like the criminal reform reform board and like she, she was a public defender. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she, I, I think is a very diverse, uh, the, good, it's a it's a great pick and it helped diversify the Does she see the, the same backlash if, for being a woman married to a black man? I mean a white man? If 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 she was a black man married to a white woman, yeah, like I, f- I feel like it's they it's, did it to Kamala. Yeah, I think we, it seems like we come down harder on the black women. We do. Just, it just seems like it. When, okay. What do you think? I think because we're so used to seeing it with, I think it's been normalized with athletes and entertainers, and then but when we see a white woman. I, mean, I, guess I can I be wrong, the, it's just the perception I feel that like I the narrative is a little different I feel uh, sometimes when a black woman marries a, a white man It's more It's it's almost more To me, I've heard it will be more acceptable She couldn't find a black a good black man Or, you know, like Somebody on her level Like they, A lot of times there's excuses mm-hmm. You know, she's probably been hurt by black men before Yada, yada, yada Black women just, black women just don't choose to go date black, white men you know, it, it's yeah, usually it's a whole Serena Williams thing. Yeah, it's, where, it's usually yeah, she, they, yeah. they they dated around black women, and they do they support us. So usually, when a, a, a from what I've seen, it's almost like they 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 made a choice to say I'm gonna try something different. Where the narrative for a lot of black men dating white women is that you know we're looking for the quote unquote upgrade. You know, I, I think I think it comes down to ultimately the idea or perception of who chooses right like men traditionally approach women okay right and so as a black woman you just got approached by a white ah. man I, you know it, it's it's no different okay i chose him because i yeah he okay. approached me and and we hit it off versus i consciously approached a white woman as a man i i made that decision and i i approached uh her so i think that's a little bit of it okay, why people come sense. down harder on, on men 
But no, I think either the, way, I it's think just the men, dope. The men usually are saltier. You know, men are probably going to attack her. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Men, men will probably attack her. So good luck. Yeah, the, all the hotels out there. Yeah, good luck, um, sister. But we'll listen to them anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to leave with Ukraine. Want to go back to Bel Air? I don't know if you guys saw episode episodes four and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the reason I brought it up is because I was reading on one of the posts there was some backlash. Oh man, it might be a spoiler alert. I'm, I'm, I'm just just I'm say just, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. With Ashley. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know uh, the daughter on here is. Uh, I'm not even gonna say she's she's gay. It's, it's she's, she's bi curious. Yeah, and I I I I actually applauded how they approached that. Mm-hmm. You know, for one, the inclusivity. I think this is a great opportunity for representation to matter, and for her to be so young and to be so open, um, and being that I mentor young men and I, my wife's a teacher the things I see and the things I hear about her saying how open these kids are is very um, refreshing, you know, to the point knowing that hopefully in the very near future, sexuality will not be such a big thing where, you know, kids can be who they are. Hell, adults can be who they are. But the fact that how they how they did it, they didn't make her one thing or another. Um, And then Hillary the way the conversation with her and Hillary went, I really paid attention to the fact that if you watch it, Hillary actually kind of leaned into it. Like she literally leaned forward and kind of was like, tell me more. I'm here for you. Yeah. And so I was like, that was a, that was a pretty good uh, way to do it because on the, the, on the thread, you had people pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like when she said, when she, you know, the, uh, Ashley told the name and then she said, well, tell me more about her. Um, yeah. You know, traditional black family would have been like, well, that's a weird name for a boy. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like they, they yeah. would never have thought that, you yeah. know, she was going down that route. Um, and so I, I think they're doing a much better job than this is us with the whole gay or bi curious or whatever um, there. Cause this is us that, that whole storyline was just annoying. So I, I think I'm liking this a lot better. Bel Air's just, man, it is very well thought out to the point where they're hitting all the right notes mm-hmm. from all the different characters and the archetypes, right? It's not necessarily about the character. It's about the archetype, the jealous person, the, you know, the person that, the, the protagonist that, that still is flawed a little bit and, and causing issues on themselves. But at the same time, they want to do the right thing. Uh, so I mean, just every archetype you can really think of is there in the show. So it's just, man, it's a it's a great show. I'm excited for it, um, and I just I hope that because it's on Peacock, it can get another uh, season. Well, they where... already have two. Yeah. Oh, they they, they yeah, signed, okay. Yeah, he, he they they signed two seasons off the top. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That's good. All right, that's, that's good. good then. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we usually don't come back to a show, but this show is very uh, outside of this is us. <laughs> Uh, outside of uh, This Is Us, but the show is astonishingly, astonishingly good. I'm just praying. Everybody keep your, your you know, pray to Black Jesus real quick that Aunt Bib stays a good person. Oh, yeah. yeah. She definitely was getting moist in that art museum. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been incredible how different they've made it, yet 
kind of kept it the same. Like, yeah, you see the characters it. are so different, but on the sitcom, Hillary was the one that actually went to when she was thinking about having sex. And in mm-hmm. that, and in that episode, they're talking about her sexuality. Uh, so it's just been, it's, it's like it's been updated to yeah. today's uh, standards. So that's kind of cool. It's re- it's very relatable. You can see yeah. Will in real life. Like Will was a caricature back then. Yes, he was very over the top. Very yeah. over the Even top. Even with his 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 dress. Yeah. If you watch the the dress, like he's still kind of a little flamboyant, mm-hmm. but just enough to fit in today's world. You know. Mm-hmm. So one one last thing too. Let's uh let's let's watch the hypocrisy, uh, uh, ladies and gents. I see a lot of you guys making fun of how the guy that plays Carlton looks. On social media, calling him ugly. I know I would be seeing a lot of defenders if there were people talking about how unattractive a female character was on there. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's keep it fair. Let's keep it consistent. Yeah. And he's a, yeah. a great actor to the point where people hate him. hate this dude. Yeah, yeah, that's when you know like, you're doing a good job. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he he might be one of the most hated characters in recent history. Like I can't think of anybody who got who had that much hate that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's a young brother from Houston, Nigerian brother. So uh, hats off to you, dude. Uh, keep up the good work. Hopefully, he gets some awards for this because this dude, I hate him every every moment he's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump into it, bro. Um, Riza, is Sophie here? You got a joke for us? Uh, no, she's not. But um... sorry, Porsche. Are you purposely sending her away during <laughs> joke, no, man. joke it, time? It's, she's growing up, man. And you know so what? every weekend she'd be trying to get out of here. Okay. Yeah, so, she's away. Sophie's probably in the background, bro. Yeah. Nah, Ali, it was weird. Um, I, I kind of felt some type of weight. So, you know, I went to the funeral for, for Miss Gail. So I was down in Florida. So the kids had to stay with their grandma yesterday. And so when I got, when I landed, I went straight to her house to try to pick them up. I show up and all of a sudden Ollie's like, yay. And he's like ready to come home. And Sophie's like, I'm going to stay for a little while. I'll be home in a little bit. And so uh, her grandma's going to drop her off. So yeah, they, That's they, cool. they don't, they don't like me That's like cool. that no more. But, like, uh, let's take a step back, man. It is the last week in February. We're, we're getting ready. We're going out of black history month, but for certain cities in the South, this is probably one of the best weekends of the year. To all, to all our family and friends in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, New Orleans and stuff like that, all the places that celebrate Mardi Gras, happy Mardi Gras. I, I, I can't say it again. I forgot. Lace Boom, Twa, Shubal, Sherbert, Roulet. Um, but it is, today is Sunday. Uh, happy Joe Kane Sunday to you guys. Tomorrow when the show drops is uh, Monday. Better yet known as Skinny Monday, which is that sad. That Sunday and Monday are the best days of Mardi Gras to me. Mm-hmm. By Tuesday, I'm, I'm usually dead to the world, but Sunday and Monday. So enjoy the show on your way to as you're recovering from today. Uh, make sure you tune into the show. Uh, so uh, all our listeners in Mobile, Alabama on Inspire You on Air. Happy Mardi Gras. Enjoy the week. Play it again. If you don't get to catch it on Monday. Play us again, Fat Tuesday on your radios, whatever you're go- doing, going to the parade. So let's hit it, fellas. Yeah. Oh, I've, I did. Um, I, I got a funny story. Uh, it's not necessarily a joke, 
Uh, so Sophie, I told y'all she's growing up and everything, right? And so she can't say uh, curse words, but so she's got this thing where she says "what the duck," um, and so instead of "what the uh, f word," and um, so one day she was like "what the duck," and I was like, "Hey, hey, don't be using that foul language." Get it? Duck. Yeah, we foul. get it. We usually always get it, Rosie. Uh, (laughs) getting it is not the issue okay but you know uh, who I think Ferg is on you this week man to go first he's pissed folks (laughs) I I, I need a second I need a second (laughs) well if you're still pissed don't forget alcohol is the solution you know, he actually has a cu- <laughs> he has a couple of fans. There are people that will come out and support him and his jokes. So yeah. I don't know how mad we can be at him because they we know we know Porsche does not support him. Yeah. <laughs> can we do a can we do a petition? Oh man, <laughs> to get rid of Rizzi on the jokes. <laughs> I can stop. I can stop at any time. I'm not addicted to this at all. Can you though? Can you? <laughs> Oh man! You know, it's, you like a car crash, bro. We, we, you know, we gotta look. We gotta listen. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna read a post from what uh, from, uh, Fam Ewan that I follow. Uh, he has a great restaurant here in Houston, Kevin McClure, uh, called "That's My Dog," and it reads, "I am not your quota. I am not a box to be checked. God has blessed." my wife and I to cater for some of the biggest brands there are. And we are extremely grateful for those opportunities. Yesterday, while delivering to a big box brand store, I was greeted by a few managers who were excited to see that's my dog pull up. That's the name of the restaurant. They instantly began snapping photos with a TMD truck as a backdrop. One manager instructed the camera guy to immediately upload the photos to all of the social media platforms. He kind of has this confused emoji. I introduced myself and asked for the point of the for the point of contact. She introduces herself and began telling me how grateful they were to find us on Google when they typed in black owned restaurants in Katy. She mentioned how they almost missed the cutoff to support a local locally black owned restaurant for Black History Month. Overly and genuinely excited, she went on to ensure me her company already had has That's My Dog down for their Juneteenth celebration. Oh. This company feeds their associates regularly. Caught a bit off guard, I simply answered, if we can't serve your company before then, we will not be back here for Juneteenth. I'm proud to be Black-owned, but I will not be limited because of it. I'm not your quota. I'm not a box to be checked. And his, his hashtags are that hot dog guy and hashtag all money ain't good money. Can we have a moment of silence for that company? Like, oh my God. Wow. But yeah, so I kind of got your reaction. When I read it, I'm like, in 20, and it was, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. It's like, it's, is the company wrong? Or are they trying to do the right thing? Well, that, 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 that speaks to intent. And we, we have, we have like a limited response to that. But are they wrong overall? I would I would say yes. Like it's so it's just so um like like you like like he said, like just checking a box. Like, oh whew, 
We made it in time for Black History Month. Whew. All right, man. We'll see you again on Juneteenth. Like, what, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll say this, though. Black History Month gave him that opportunity to be there, right? You you say that company feeds their, um, you know, their associates all the time. If they really like the food, next time they say, where are we going to order from? His name may come up. So it may be that this is the first time that they've had it. They really like it. And he gets called in two weeks or in three weeks to do it. Um, as well as being, yes, you're black owned. That is a part of being black owned is that you're going to get thought about on those certain particular instances. Right. It's like, oh, we got you down for uh, for Juneteenth as well. But that doesn't mean that before then we are going to call. We might want to call you back or we put you in the rotation so that, you know, we go to Jim and Nick's and we go to Moe's and we get to Taco Mama and then boom, we're on. You know, that's my dog. Like I, I know we had kind of go to restaurants when we ordered for our associates all the time. Uh, and I just kind of listened them up. Those are those ones. And we, we just went through those. So to put him in the rotation, you got to try him one time. Right. And and so maybe this is that first time they really like him and then they get him in the rotation. So I get what he's saying, though. It's like if I can't come back before then, if you don't put me in the rotation, if you don't like me, don't use me on Juneteenth mm-hmm. um, and, and use me to check that block. Uh, but, you know, it, it's you got to take those opportunities when you can as a black owned business to say you thought of me as a black owned business cool appreciate it let me know have that conversation with him after like let me know am i good enough to get in your rotation can i come back before then um so from as a business owner that might have not been the best thing to do uh because he may have turned off a couple of businesses that may have wanted to try him or wanted to use him to check the block to see you know, oh, do I like him uh, to put him in that rotation? Uh, and they may not go down that route now. So he may have kind of cut his opportunities off a little bit by that. So now that's almost victim blaming. Like it's now he's 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 in trouble because your company is checking the boxes. Bruh, bruh. Thank it's, you, son. It's not it's, it's, it's not about that, though. It's about business opportunities and like you have to be smart about your social media presence and how you present and things like that. Um, it, it, I'm not saying he was wrong for it. I'm saying that he has to understand that there may, there may be consequences of him doing it. That may not have been the smartest business decision for him doing that. So, yeah, I, so his... Oh, oh, my, go oh ahead, man. Go ahead. All right, well, I was going to say, I just questioned if it, if it even was a business opportunity. It just, you know, it just seems like they're going to do it that one time and you know, we'll holler at you again several months down the road. It, it wasn't I, like when Ferg was reading that, I was I was kind of with them and I was with your answer, Rising, until they mentioned, all right, and we'll uh we'll make sure we call you back on Juneteenth. So it, it's like there was no consideration of, you know, any holiday. Yeah, any, like, man, if, if this hitting right here, we we definitely gonna call you back again. It was like, it's almost like whether it's hitting or not, you know, we'll hit you again on Juneteenth. Yeah. And so I like I like your answers because my thing was it made me think deeper about quotas. Right. You know, we we ask for opportunities. The Rooney rule, we talk about it in football. Like, hey, you need to hire or interview more black coaches. And if the Rooney rule is a reason Byron got the interview. And the reason Byron gets the job, perhaps. 
do you fault the rule? Do you fault the team? Who do you fault? You know, we got to get in when we can. But at the same time, where do you say I'm not I'm not your quota. I'm not a box to be checked. Yeah. That, isn't that why Brian Flores was like, he's not playing that game anymore? Or no, I can't remember. It was it's one of the other coaches. It's like he doesn't even interview for some of them because he, he's like, they're, they are using me just to check the block on the mm. Rooney rule. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what coach it is. He's one of the bros, actually. Um, was he one for the play, uh, the coach for Detroit? I think so. Caldwell? Yeah. Jim Caldwell? I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. But it, it's, it, it, it's unique. Like, you have to think about that. And I've had several jobs where I was one of the only black black person there, black people there. And it's just like, was I a quota? Was I? But at the same time, that opportunity provided a life and a lifestyle for my family and other open the doors for other opportunities. I always say I will be their token. I do not care. If you if you need a black person on the executive committee, PNC, I'm your man. If you need somebody just to be, I will check that block and get that executive committee money. I don't care. Like, let me let me in because I know I can do it. I know I'm good enough. I know that, you know, when I get there, I'm going to perform. So, so with that, you're on that board, but we only want you to weigh in on black issues. Because that's, that's the Juneteenth thing, right? Okay. It's like, hey, hey, we... We appreciate you coming, but we only want you to come for the black holidays. We'll do it again for MLK Day. You know, right. it's and, and and that's that's where sorry, but I'm an equal part of this board now. I mean, it's very different from being a token in in the organization, right? Where like I I I made it now. I'm here in this spot. You, you have to toe the line when you're in in like corporate America anyway. Um, you you gotta you gotta try to be your authentic self, but at the same time, you gotta fit the culture. Uh, we talked about code switching a couple times, but I think from a, from a business perspective, it's like, do you turn down the four times that they're going to call you all year for those holidays and say, I don't want your money on those days just because they don't call you any other time? Or do you take that money and, and keep rolling? I mean, that, that's the question. I mean, he's the food is great. He's actually catered multiple Super Bowl like events. I think he first catered the one in Houston and he was just in LA. I forgot what, what part of the Super Bowl, but he's catered for the last couple of years. So he, he's doing his thing. So that's my dog and Katie. So if you ever come to Houston, it's one, I think it's one of the, the places you got to eat or something like that. But it's, it's the question is where do you draw the line, right? It's how, how cool are you being with the quota? Um, do we need to stop asking for those things? Because if they took it, they took it away. You know, they took those things away. They're saying, hey, Black History Month is the, the month that maybe some companies like, you know what? We don't support enough black businesses. Let's go find a black business to support. And uh, I forgot which one you were saying is like, it's a business opportunity. It's now if they don't call you again until next year for Black History Month. Are you are you upset with that? Do you turn away from that? I I'll, shout out to my homeboy Maurice Hobson. All right. He, he's a historian. Um, and he talks about how black history month, he makes most of his money for the year, right? Like he gets calls here and there. He does some interviews. He's been on CNN. He's done some things, but black history month is his, his bread and butter. Like it, he gets called and he's booked all through uh, February. And I, I think it's that same thing. It's like those people wouldn't have called you 
anyway before right mm-hmm. black history month's here juneteenth's here and they call you that's just one more opportunity for you to sell make some connections maybe maybe they don't call you back but maybe one of those managers is having a big super bowl party or the executive is having a super bowl party or something like that and they call you for that right to to do their thing so it's still a a networking opportunity it's still an opportunity to get your food out there get your name out there and make business and you know depending on the size of those orders that's a thousand two thousand three thousand dollars that you may be turning down just on principle right like do do you walk away from that just because they only called you because it was black history month Uh, you know if 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 affirmative action plan howard or 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 harvard or whatever they admitted me because of their affirmative action plan and all right we we need to get you know we want to increase our diversity numbers and you got in are you not going to go to harvard because you got in on that affirmative action you had to have the grades you had to have you know because that that it I, I hate when people think that affirmative action is that I'm going to let a black person in to have inferior grades. No, they're just saying you got to have the grades like everybody else. And we're going to let in 10, 15 percent of black people and make sure that we uh, hit that number with the people that have the right grades. So you have the grades. You were qualified. But because of the action, pl- uh, the affirmative action plan, that's why they they earmark some of those seats for you. And okay. if you got in on that, are you not going to go? OK, well, that's a good point. In this situation, hats off to that brother, once again, to him and his wife. The food is great. I understand everything you said. I'm proud of you to be in a position to make that decision, whether, you know, we agree with it or not. Yeah. But to have to to be in that position to make that decision and to also be in a mindset where you have that conviction. And it's like, hey, this is these are my standards. If you can't support me any other day, then I don't, I don't need your business. And because just like Rizzi said, some people are going to take that. Some people aren't. But you, you're standing by your your moral standards and hats off to you, young brother. So keep it up and I'll see you soon. Definitely. You know, the, the, the secret sauce of this show is that we never plan anything. And most of the time, I would say at least 90 percent of the time, it all comes together. Because I had a completely different question I was going to ask, and I scrapped it before we signed on to a question that really ties into what you just asked for. Um, Would you care if we got rid of Black History Month? Why or why not? Mm. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's a good one. I think it depends on why they're doing it. You know, like, because sometimes black it's it's one of those things. Black History Month is a time to kind of reflect. Supposed to be a time to reflect on black excellence, right? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I'd be mad because they disrespect my home, my, my my frat brother. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but also, it's it's also it's. I hate the fact that it begins. It became so watered down, right? You know, where we're talking about the same people. We're talking about MLK and all this stuff. And, you know, there's some school somewhere where some black kid is reading. I have a dream speech, you know, that that's going to happen. And if it is moving in the wrong direction because it's on this political, if they politicize it to the point where it's. And it's being politicized. Yeah. I mean, the whole critical race theory. Yeah. It's just like, I just I just I I just don't want to see that win. 
where it's like, well, it's it's we don't have white history month. Like, I don't want that to be the argument for why black history month's not there. You know, if it's we we need to not limit black history for one month out of the year and we need to incorporate it more into our 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 daily lives and our academic programs and stuff like that, that that's that's different. Like, I don't want them to say, okay, we're going to try to squeeze everything black into these 28 days. But if if we got to a point where it was there was some equality with the the teaching of the history or not even let me say first of all black history is not black history black history is american history black history is history right and we just include it with everything else then great if not then unfortunately we still need to carve out time to put eyes on things that need to be discussed so rising i i I definitely would be pissed because of like what you said it's history is written by the winner right uh, and and so let's be honest here um, white America has written our history books they have put, in, put spins and highlighted white actors or you know or, or characters or, or historical figures highlighted them and completely ignored contributions of people of color in, in their history books uh, they may mention them and then that's it. Gloss over it. You know, you, you get the the whole Texas talking about slavery were workers, right? Immigrant workers at one point instead of slaves. Um, you know, they don't, they don't really discuss the actual black history of it. Um, you know, the whole I, I mentioned the whole states rights and, and why we're, we fought civil um, the Civil War. We need that concerted month of trying to unwind and undo I, I hate to call it brainwashing but that's really what it is the brainwashing of all of our children not just our black kids I want our black children to be proud but I want the white kids to understand the contributions of black people uh, and so the only way that I'd be cool with black history month it going away is if all history books in all public education got rewritten and got checked off by black historians. If Mojo reviewed and said yes to every last one of those history books, then yeah, I'd be cool with it. But so, until that happens, there's no way that I'd be like, yeah, let's let's get rid of black history. So there's a couple of things. One, when you said white Americans, it made me think, and I almost cringed a bit because if I was a white American listening to this show, I'll feel like you're blaming me. No, I didn't say yeah. white Americans. I said white I said America. White America. Okay, white America. White America so in general, I, I look yeah. at that as in the past to the point when you kind of, to me, you kind of not cleaned it up, but you made it make more sense when you were like, we were brainwashed because it's something that's happened generations ago. So we're all taught the same thing. We're all taught the same stories. And so we've all accepted those stories as the truth. You know, like that, this is how America was built. It was built on the backs and brains of white men you know for the most part Mm -hmm. um and so why would you question that why would anybody question that um that's one point the second thing is you talked a lot about black people there's other cultures who have contributed to american history so if i was a 
Native American. I'm like, well, where where, where is Native American History Month? If I they, was, they have Asian, one. They have they have Indo they have Indo Pacific. They have Native American. What, what they have Latin those? America. What I don't those? know because it's not as well known, and I'm not that, so I don't really so, pay attention to. But much. everybody has to know Black History Month is February, and um, so my thing is, you like you're checking on the history books, like okay, you just want keep everything else, just get rid of Black History Month and put that put our put our history in the history books. I think it's just it's it's we have to rewrite history as a as a whole and just kind of look at everybody's contribution. Mm-hmm. But also, I think, you know, I don't know, man, it's just it's sad that we have to have these these months. And that that's that's what's so hard, though, uh, because I, we, we can even get away from history. Right. You know, you hear parents talk about old math, new math. Right. And, yeah. and the people, the parents are like, I, I don't this new math sucks and I don't like that. And, I, you know, it because does. I learned the old way and that why, why do we have to change it? And it's like new math actually is the better way to think about math. It's just that it's it's different from how you learned it. And so there's pushback. So I think that's uh, what's sucks. happening yeah see that's that's what's happening with the history it's like i learned it a certain way and now you're telling me that it it wasn't that way so now it feels like i'm i'm ignorant i'm dumb i don't know what i'm talking about when you're trying to tell it or you're you're lying because i learned it this way and now you're telling me something different like people don't like change like that so it's it's going to be much much harder to get people to go down that route where they're they're understanding that we have to rewrite this, we have to tell it from a holistic view and look at history from a holistic view, which is why critical race theory and things like that people are pushing back on it because they really don't know how to look at history um, and, and take it take it all in. So I definitely think, man, it's you, you have to have it. You just you just have to have it right now. Um, you can't rewrite it. And and going back to where you were talking about the all the other races, genders, all that stuff that have been left out of history. Um, yeah, they need they need inclusion too. And if we're rewriting, if we are going to go and rewrite the history books, I would hope they would have a seat just like Maurice has a seat at that. And and he's they're signing off on and saying, oh, this happened. This is what we try to highlight uh, during LBGTQ we, uh, month. So, you know, make sure that that's spoken about when you get to the 1980s and 90s. Uh, can we talk about the AIDS epidemic and how you guys responded and blamed it on the gay community for some reason? Like, like they just decided they wanted to create AIDS and kill themselves. Like that, that that's not how that works, right? And, but all of a sudden, they were getting blamed for it. So I, I think that needs to be discussed when you talk about current history or whatever. Like that, they need to be have a seat at that table. And, and when we get to those eras, when we're talking about those time periods. They need to say, this needs to be, we need to talk about this. Or when we talk about a historical event, we talk about World War II. Um, you need to put the Tuskegee Airmen in there. You need to discuss that. Don't, don't just talk about how, you know, we went into Europe and this, that, and the other. Pearl Harbor, you need to talk about the, um, what was it, the Buffalo Soldiers or the um, mm-hmm. the Bronx? Buffalo. I can't remember the, the guys from the Bronx. But there were like so many different groups in the World War II that uh, were just black uh, groups, the, the nurses, right? Um, for women, inclusion in that, like talking about them and the Red Cross and how they fought right alongside those infantrymen. And but because they didn't have medics at that point. So they had women there that was like Red Cross. But at the same time, they were right there in the trenches with them. Like you got to put that in there, too. So there's so many things that we need to insert when we're telling these stories that's being left out. And that's why we have Women's History Month, Black History Month, because we have to tell those stories separately because they haven't been written in. 
but it makes it seem like it's separate history. That's all I got to say on that. It, it does. Byron. It does. Uh, before I give my answer, I just want to call out a few people to the section of white America that's trying to get rid of black history because it makes their kids feel bad. That's good. Uh, hopefully they feel bad enough to where they won't continue the current racism that we experience uh, in this country to this day. And to the so-called woke black Americans who say, well, I celebrate black history every day. I don't need no month, blah, blah, blah. I follow a lot of you on social media. You don't ever post nothing about black history or, or, or people of historical uh, nature in black history. So don't try to act like you do every day because you don't. Uh, black history is the month that it it kind of forces us to focus on that. But to get into my answer, no, I don't care if they get rid of black history. If, if they decide to teach it throughout the school year, uh, I need different grades in school to uh, learn about different different history makers, not just Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. Maybe ninth grade can learn about Baynard Rustin. Uh, Rustin. Uh, maybe 10th grade can learn about Claudette Colvin. Uh, There's so many historical black people that go way beyond Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, and Rosa Parks. We need to learn about as many of them as we can. We need to have an HBCU fair at the high schools, just like the military used to come to high schools and try to recruit. Let's start getting HBCUs in there and speaking to HBCUs, give them more money for recruiting uh, highly educated students to come to their schools. I need more focus on black businesses during um, uh, throughout the year. Uh, field trips to the African-American Museum in D.C. And reparations. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get on that in a second, but we need reparations. We need uh, presidential administrations to start including an HBCU grad in their cabinet. And uh, I need churches to acknowledge that Jesus is black and get rid of all the white Jesuses in church. <laughs> and... This is my demands. <laughs> and, 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 and reparations, it doesn't have to just be on the federal government. The federal government definitely needs to contribute to it. But the whacking huts of the world that have profited off uh, black labor for uh, wrongfully incarcerated black individuals, they need to contribute. And these banks that we know from Wells Fargo, to uh, any other big bank you can think of that profited off slavery way back in the day, they need to kick in too. Otherwise, yes, I do care about getting rid of Black History Month. Um, and in addition, we can keep Black History Month, but we need to start getting $252 for all Black Americans direct deposited every two weeks because we contribute $1.6 trillion to the economy last year. 1% of that, I believe, is $10 billion, $600 million. So 1% of that divided by the 42 million African-Americans in this country comes to about 252. So give us that every two weeks. Give us a portion of our contributions to this uh, economy every two weeks and we'll be good. So if, if your list of demands aren't met, then keep Black History. That, that is. <laughs> so it's either or. Either or. Yeah. Wow, bro. You're going to have some people, Balls man. in your court now. Yeah. <laughs> let, let us know what you decide. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I think it, it, it's so weird because the words, some of the words we used on this one, like Rise you just said, rewrite history. It's not rewriting history. It's just telling the way it is, you know, because that's that's the pushback. Well, you try you're trying to rewrite history. 
No, we're just telling you what the, the real history. Trying to yeah. like you yeah. include Re- the history. Yeah. history books. How about that? Like, yeah, like you, you need to rewrite your books because because those are the things people are pushing back on. You're trying to rewrite history. You're trying to retell the thing. No, we're just there are things that were left out, mm-hmm. the things that weren't pointed out, and those things need to be highlighted as well. Even Buff, when you were saying the people that we need, I don't even think it's people. It's you talk about the time period, you talk about what's going on, and you hit those things. You know, because if you if you name ten people, we're gonna you lose you're gonna you're gonna leave out another ten. So my thing is, if we're talking about the civil rights movement, we're talking about Reconstruction, if we're talking about those things. Talk about the 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 senators or how the the Supreme not the Supreme Court or the the Congress and stuff looked right after slavery. How many successful black senators and stuff there were. So we talk about that time period. We just don't talk about the individuals. We talk about hey. We talk about slavery. We talk about. I don't think we even talk about Reconstruction. Um, it's mentioned. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like two pages or something yeah. like that. Yeah, we go from slavery to civil civil rights. It's American history was there was years between that. So what was yeah. going on? And 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 linking it right, like thinking through. Uh, I I feel like ninth grade history class should have a day they watch Thirteenth. Like just watch thirteenth. That's it. Yeah, if you if you can do that for me, I would I would be happy for that. Like you need to understand how slavery changed into mass incarceration and how it went yeah. all the way through. Yeah, and it's not even about making people feel guilty. I think it's opening up people's eyes to what's going on. So I don't want anybody's kid to feel because I never want them some somebody to purposely make my kids feel guilty. I know we might disagree on that, Byron, but it's it's I think awareness of what's really going on. It's like, hey, don't feel guilty. Be aware. And what are you going to do to change it? So yeah. when you know that you're hearing these these conversations about uh, black people going to jail and black criminals and stuff like that, understand that it's part of the system set up. And either you can help break that system down because your little homeboy that's going to school with you is a good kid, your friend, you know, because, you know, they're in multicultural schools and realize that, hey, um, odds are stacked against Rising, your best friend in third grade because there's a, a well school to prison pipeline thing going on like have these conversations let these kids know what's real what's in the real world so uh any any movie that's uh made based off a book you always hear people say well the book had a lot more details so currently our history is the movie version of it we need to get the book uh, version of it uh, where it has uh, like all that. the details. I like that. And, and, I like that. and the reason why I say I don't care about the hurt feelings is because things don't change until white people feel uncomfortable or feel guilty about something. So like when those girls were blown up in that Birmingham church or when they saw the dogs being sicked on us in, in Birmingham, a lot of white people were like, okay, all right, that's too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe some do need to feel guilty. But whatever mm-hmm. it takes to uh, stop the current trend of racism we need to consider. Okay. okay. It's on you, Razzy. It's on me. Um, well, I think I can take a little bit of both of these from... Okay. from it's a black so episode. I, it's a very <laughs> black episode. So, I, talking about businesses and black history and everything like that, and I know all three of us have kind of had our, our professional endeavors and, and tried to branch off and, and got into some entrepreneurship uh, rental properties, those types of things. And I want to know you guys is biggest business or professional fail. 
Like, because everybody talks about their wins. Everybody talks about the things that worked or whatever. But a lot of times you forget how often you have to fail to get to that win. So I want to kind of think through and and tell the listeners about kind of your biggest failure. Uh, I tried to be a rapper. (laughs) 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 I, uh, yeah, I tried to be a rapper. Um, it, it was a fail. But um, I, I mean, I, I definitely was not. I was no Nas. But I will say it was three of us. It was, well, it was more than three, but the main core was three of us. And the best of us three wound up getting incarcerated. He's been on an early, very early episode of this show, Sherman Cooley. When he got incarcerated and then I moved up here, it really it split us up. Uh, so you had one locked up, you had me up here. And then you had uh, our other friend, Wendell, down in Mobile. And I feel like in the amount of time that we like really seriously hit it from the time we got in the studio or whatever, we were making some some progress. Like we uh, mm-hmm. we got uh, everybody in Mobile know, remembers Ray Ray. We, uh, we made it to where he wanted us to do a commercial for him during his radio show. We won a talent show. So we were making some progress and this was like way before, like it's so easy to get your music out there now versus back then. So I, I think, and this maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think if we had to stay together, we probably could have made a little noise, but we didn't. And it definitely was, I mean, we invested time and money into it, like getting off work, going straight to the studio, you know, spending hours together, writing songs together. It was fun. But it, I mean, it was, it was, it wound up being a failure because here I am working at the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I'll tell you though, like one of the things you talk about how, you know, you guys could have made it, but I think like, especially for you, right. You're, you aren't super open and outgoing and stuff. You're like, you, you talk about, you're kind of more laid in the, in the back, in the cut or whatever. You only talk when kind of, you really have something to say. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that time brought you to the forefront and you did get a lot more uh, like open and, and outspoken when you were doing that, because just having to have that stage presence and everything like that, it brought that out of you because before then you would, you would kind of stay in the background, chill out, uh, and, and and let everybody kind of do the talking until it was really time to go. Uh, so yeah, um, I I really think that time in your your life made a huge difference in how you were able to progress and do you know what you can do today, mm. be on this show and and talk and and, and be really open. Yeah, so I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, man. Well, mine was not as glamorous as that. And by the way, <laughs> they did not want. <laughs> Rise your eye in the in the group, and it's probably y'all lost because I would have been on my either my Kanye or my Drake or something like that. So we, we we were ahead of our time, yeah. You know, yeah, y'all wanted to be thugs, and I just wasn't about that life. Yeah, I, I, still, how- I still remember that day. At, at it was Mark. I think we were at Marquis' house, and I like I wrote a verse, and then y'all said I sound like I was on um like the Sugar Hill Gang or something like that. And I never wrote another verse ever again, man. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, Sherman cut my dreams very fast. I was going to say, it was Sherman that mostly did, did all that. I just... <laughs> Bully. So for me, um, when I first moved to Houston, I, uh, my business partners and I started a, a tele- telecom business where we were able to negotiate contracts with uh companies like Comcast and DirecTV and whatever the case may be. And we were, we, we actually 
the people that come to your doors trying to give you those great deals, we had probably 30 to 50, 60 workers that were doing that at one time. So it started off okay. Um, and then we took a gamble when, and I don't know if you guys remember, uh, the first 4G company was Clear. So Clear came out and they basically recruited us and we shifted all our energy and our workers to Clear. And it was a great concept, but it was too early. People did not understand 4G at the time. So, you know, the, when you can just walk in the door and just say, hey, I can wire your whole house by plugging this in or I can you can get this little hotspot. They just did not get it. And it was so it was such a new concept, especially just becoming door to door. It sound, sound like a Ponzi scheme, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Give me your social. Give me all this stuff. I'm assigning you up and give you this Internet, you know, right here. No, you don't have to. It's connected right now. When I take it out the box, I'm activated and it's connected. Um, no insulation, anything. And um, people didn't get it. And so we had it started off. OK, we 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 were one of the top sales teams in the beginning, the first month or so. And then. Boy, we took a tumble. Uh, and you guys always hear me talk about 2010 and that great of that epiphany I had where I was going to decide to change my life and my 30th birthday. So this was leading up to my 30th birthday and it was rough rough going no money i cashed out all my four my 401k i was i was on living on just nothing you know z had just moved up here up here but what it did teach me is that hunger and also what i did learn with that is it's hard to start a business or focus on your business when you're not stable so like it was i was i was using the money from the business to live and so I couldn't focus on the best approach. We can do things right because it was all about the next sale because if we don't sell anything today, we're not gonna eat. And so it was more, we were panicking or I was panicking more than anything. So, but that led me to, it humbled the hell out of me and led to my career path as as you see it now. Yeah, cause you, you went to enterprise after that, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember we were in Egypt and you tried to like shoot a commercial at the pyramids and you were talking about how the internet was going to be that, like, is that good? It, and, and like, so I don't even know if you remember that. Yeah, like you had me like recording, but we lost all the footage when they stole my camera out, oh, out of the taxi. Man, that would have been, so. <laughs> been great for the show. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, was, yes, it was it's cool. I remember I was waiting on my check while we were in Egypt. Yeah. I yeah. was waiting on my, one of my checks, but. You just never post. It was just too much going on. Yeah, it's always, man, it's so hard to kind of, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk about how that hunger and needing that next check and everything makes you work even harder, but it's stressful, man. That's why so many people don't make it out of that that first phase because it is it's super stressful, super hard, uh, worrying about that next check and, and wanting to kind of be stable wanting to be able to pay your rent and not live on somebody's couch and stuff. So a lot of those entrepreneurs that start from scratch like that, especially in a budding industry, um, and they're trying to break through, it's 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 just difficult. I just know, for mine, I've had a bunch of fails. So I've been a serial entrepreneur anyway since you know my parents and all of that. And um, one of them, and that taught me the most about making sure that I, I vet my vendors, 
um, I don't know if you guys remember when the Kim Kardashian app came out. It was like one of those tap tap games or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I had an idea for like I, I was calling it like rap royalty or whatever, where you would go and you you kind of tap through and and kind of get into rap battles and and have to kind of it, it was just story based really and so not a whole lot of decision making you had to do it was almost like a choose your own adventure book but i had this huge idea got all the characters got all the uh, workflows together uh and i went on fiverr and looked for somebody to develop it i wanted to develop it and i was going to drop um you know i got a bunch of quotes or whatever and it was this company that said oh yeah we can build that app version one it's going to be simple you can add le- levels later but you know for the first version we can do it for about fifteen thousand dollars i was like all right bet so that was my entire bonus check for that year like i was going to drop my entire check for a year's worth of work and i was going to do it on this game um and so they i sent them like five thousand dollars and they sent me like a couple of codes and a couple demos uh, but then I just stopped hearing from them and I was like, what's going on? You know, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. Uh, and then they disappeared on me. So they took that $5,000 that I gave them. And like, I, I thought I'd done my due diligence and vetted the company and everything. Um, they were out of New Jersey. And so, you know, I was like, all right, let me see what I can do. And they just disappeared, stopped responding. I couldn't call them. And then maybe two weeks later, um, the phone got disconnected. So they stopped you know, I couldn't even call them anymore and leave messages. The email started bouncing back. So, I mean, they totally just disappeared off the face of the radar or radar. Uh, and, and so it leads me to now I'm, I'm hesitant to actually get into deals with people or get people to help me. And I, I try to do it all myself now. Uh, even with this, you guys see, I, I do the editing. I, I don't like outsourcing stuff because of that. And it, it, it does add a whole lot of pressure on me where I have to go and figure out things and, and things aren't looking the best because, you know, I can get a professional to do it and everything, but it's still that hesitance to outsource things is still there. So I'm trying to get better. Um, we, I got another idea that I'm trying to kind of outsource now at this point. Um, and I'm taking it a lot slower with vetting and, and going through like some reputable companies that I, I've heard of and I know of to do it, not going to Fiverr, but, um, yeah, man, like that was a, that was a big setback for me, but at the same time, it slowed down a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit, uh, because I had just taken that, that huge loss. So I, I'll tell everybody out there, man, it, if you want to get big, if you want to be the next three brothers, if you want to have that podcast start it, uh, and, and don't let those failures in the past hinder you. Cause you know, if I was still holding on to that, we would have never started this podcast. We would have never, I would never agree to, yeah, we are just going to do this. Um, so go out, keep pushing, man. And as you can see, success isn't a straight line. It's you're going to hit bumps. You're going to change or whatever. Uh, and you can be successful, uh, based on how you react to those different things and curveballs that life sends you. So your your idea didn't necessarily fail. You just got scammed, it sounds like. But the idea still may be yeah. something worth pursuing if you want. But I just want to say, man, just to uh, echo what you just said, the last two books I read, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter by 50 Cent and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they both speak on a part of success are the failures. Like you, you are, if you plan on trying to make it big uh, in entrepreneurship, 
you're going to have some failures along the way. And so that's been my biggest thing is being scared of that failure and and preventing and preventing me from even attempting some things because I'm worried about the failure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the biggest takeaway. So you mentioned two books. There's also a book called Innovate Like Edison, where one of the greatest inventors of our time. And it talks about all his failures. Like, it's just like he just he just he continue he continued to fail, but he never stopped. But what I take from this conversation is you can't let fear just dictate you. And then you just you have to be strategic about it, because when the word entrepreneurship has taken such a a life of its own, yeah. because, you know, like people are like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't work a nine to five. There's entrepreneurs that work nine to fives. You can have businesses, you can have side hustles, whatever you want to call it. Um, additional streams of income. That's what we're going to call it. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've been duped on so many Ponzi schemes, uh, MLMs and all that stuff. It's just ridiculous. But it's being strategic about it and not letting it scare you, though. You mm-hmm. got to do your vetting. You got to make sure financially you're straight and you can invest the time and energy it takes. But do something because you, you everybody needs I feel like everybody needs something else going on. If it's rental properties, if it's, you know, you're going to make a big with a new app, if you got a side business, side hustle or whatever, um, that instant made me very risk averse. And I'm saying this almost to myself because there are things I want to partake in, but it's it's always that fear of, man, I remember how that felt to lose. And if I keep down this track, I know I know I'm a win doing this. What happens if I lose another $30,000? What happens if I do this? What happens? You know, and it's just take the calculator risk. All righty, fellas. Let's go ahead and close it on out. Um, Real real quick, um, I just want to send a, uh, a shout out. First off, this restaurant was brought to my attention by, uh, I, I assume she listens, but I know she follows us on social media. Our former classmate, uh, Carl Netta Pope. Uh, she put me on this restaurant called Drexel and Honeybees in Bruton, Alabama. And what they do is every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., they serve completely free food to anybody, not just poor people, not just black people, not just white, anybody. You you can be rich like Orazio, or you can be middle class, lower middle class like myself. You can go there. <laughs> <laughs> you can go there eat free they they only ask that you just you know donate what you can but you don't even you don't have to donate anything you can just leave a nice note saying we, we appreciate what you do and uh they it's owned by lisa and freddie Tom, thomas mcmillan uh, of Bruton, alabama so i just want to send them a shout out that's a, a great thing uh especially with the way grocery prices are going these days uh i i, I wish they were somewhere near here because i'm telling you i would definitely Take advantage of that. But um, you can also donate to them, even if you're not near Bruton, Alabama. Uh, you can go to their website, drexelandhoneybees.com, I believe. And um, you can donate to them and help help them keep this going because that's, that's a really great thing to do. And secondly, I uh, just want to remind people, uh, we're trying to do this more often because we haven't in the past, but we just want to remind you to subscribe. Three Brothers No Sense, we're on any podcast platform from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google, anyone you could think of, we're there. And we're also happy to be on Inspire You on air every Mondays at 10 p.m. Central Time. And speaking of Inspire You, the founders, Candice Minifield and Amberly 
Bambi Harris. Congratulations on your inaugural sneaker ball, I think it was. It looked real dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pictures looked like y'all had a good time, so congratulations on that. And uh, I hope to attend one the next time I'm in Mobile during Mardi Gras. So congratulations on that. Most definitely. Um, all I got, man, is, you know, it, actually when this drops, Black History Month will be over. Uh, but we do celebrate Black History Month 365 days a year. Well, go ahead, Ferk. We got one more day. I know, but when it drops, so tomorrow. Oh, wait. Yeah, it'll be the 28th. Okay, my bad, my bad. So the day after this drops uh, <laughs> will be the end of uh, Black History Month. But um, I, I'm glad we had this conversation about Black History Month this episode. But I want everybody to really look at Black history as American history and celebrate it and and think about it. And anytime you're seeing some historical account or whatever, think about, is that being whitewashed? Is that being told by the victor? Is that, um, who else contributed to that? Not just black people, but how did it affect uh, the other uh, groups? And really look at history from a holistic view, not from a critical race theory uh, view, I'm not saying that, but I do agree with it. But at the same time, just from a holistic view, I want you guys to look at history as black history, as women's history, as LBGTQ history, as Latino history, whatever it is. History is history. uh, And look at it from a holistic view. That's all I got, man. Wow. That was a great one. Um, You guys both made some great points. Uh, Buff, I will try to visit that restaurant one day. Once again, uh, our, our hearts go out to, I'll start just a couple of people. Uh, our, uh, our brother, Mike McCoy, who lost his mother about a week ago. Um, Rise was able to make it down to the funeral and Sherman was too. So uh, Bruce, my, my heart goes out to you. Alexis, his beautiful fiance, she lost a loved one as well. So well, we'll be praying for that family and look forward to celebrating with you guys very soon in vegas potential live show just throwing it out there to the, the the people of ukraine my heart goes out to you guys as well i can't imagine because similar to what you were saying rising we kind of look at it as it's this is history in the making but what we we i think a lot of people don't realize history really involves real people so these cnn reports the fox news reports any news media you're, you're seeing there are real people dying. There are kids that are waking up to bombs. There's kids who had to be evacuated. You know, they're they're it's 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 hell. War is hell. So just take a second to, you know, pray for these guys, meditate on, you know, goodness, sending good energy to them, whatever you do. And also, and I, I hate always saying this, or not I hate always saying this like. A lot of times it makes it we seem we can make it seem we're ungrateful to be in America. Being ex-military, that's one thing I can always say is I can always go back and think about the security to a certain extent that we have being Americans, you know, where the chances of us just like having a war on our soil, us being invaded like that are very, very slim. You, you don't have to worry about. And we have our problems, but you don't have to, have to worry about those things. And that's, that's just always polarizing. So when I think of a com- country, country like Ukraine, that's pretty established. You know, they're not a third world country. They're not one of these countries that people just 
you know, expect things to happen like that. But um, so be grateful that you don't have to live in that environment because I've, I've been rocketed before. I've been woken up out of my sleep in that in that case. And it is not a good feeling. Can't run from rockets. So. Three brothers, no sense. Six rules of podcast. Remember, them, write them down, whatever you have to do. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.